Hey, hey, everyone. February 29th, 2023. Welcome to a special leap year edition of Big Screens and TV Streams. That is right. Live from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios. I'm Dale, along with producer Paul. He's rocking the production booth. He'll be here momentarily. Victor is en route and will be joining us in progress here. So welcome. Make sure to check us out on our new schedule every other Thursday at 1 p.m. we got a special 1.30 p.m. start time here today for this special Leap Year edition. Join the live chat discussion on the GFBS social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or call or text in your questions or comments. 701-213-0863. we got a ton of content, news, Upcoming releases and reviews we're going to be talking about today. We want to hear what you guys have to say. We want to hear your thoughts. Uh, Some opening introductory topics here to get things going. I know Victor had one. He wanted to comment on the uh, the Richard Lewis death. We'll be saving, holding off on that until he gets here. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Criterion releases. I don't people anyone watching are a fan of the Criterion DVDs and Blu-rays. Once or twice a year, they put their library on sale for half off. They're already overpriced. This just gets them to kind of reasonably priced. So I ordered two of them earlier this week. Just want to make sure to point that out. I think there still is a little bit of time left on their flash sale. Uh, a couple of passings in the wrestling world I'll briefly touch on. Rest in peace going out to uh, Virgil's, as he was known in WWF, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase's bodyguard. Or people may have known him as the head of uh, security for the NWO, Vincent uh, he unfortunately passed away earlier this week due to dementia at the age of 61. Uh, kind of a cool wrestling meme. He had the best merch stand ever. Uh, also a big rest in peace uh, and sympathies and condolences out to a founding Four Horsemen me- member, Ole Anderson, also known as a legendary tag team wrestler uh, in AWA, NWA, WCW with Gene Anderson and Ole Anderson, Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Awesome, awesome old school wrestler. It had a lot of great success behind the scenes of booking too. Uh, I know Paul's got a topic too, but before we get to that, We're going to give a shout out to our first sponsor of the show, Reverse Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. Both are located in the River Mall in East Grand Forks. Make them your next dinner and a movie destination. You can either dine inside the movie memorabilia packed restaurant, The Shire, or take your meal to go to the movie you're attending if you want to mix it up a little bit from the standard popcorn and, and nacho fare. Can't go wrong taking a meal to go from The Shire Bar and Grill. Find the complete showtimes online at rivercinema15.com. Don't forget about the Tuesday $5 movie special all day long and 550 senior matinee special on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Some of the movies playing now, I know opening tonight, opening night, special sneak preview night of dune part two we'll be talking about that later on in the show also playing argyle which victor will be reviewing a little later uh drive away dolls ordinary angels demon slayer bob marley one love and so much more again find the complete listings online rivercinema15.com as you can see in the in the video behind me river cinema has luxury recliners and expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages and it is family owned and operated okay so, Paul is joining me now here, ready to crash for me. How are you doing today, Paul? Happy Thursday. Happy, Yo. Le- ha- happy leap year. Yeah. You only, we only get to say that like once every four years. How, how weird is it on these leap year days? Wow, well, yeah. it's another day to me. Imagine if you were born on a leap year. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that would be weird. So like, would you, you don't say have a birthday. Only every four years, so you ex- average life expense expectancy of a leap year person is what 20 maybe 23 <laughs> oh my lord uh so i know of your, your you had an opening topic here for a kind of opening news slash kind of talking points is uh about children's shows you wanted to touch on yeah um well i was just thinking about it i mean it's kind of like a controversy that you know i have with my wife because we have you know uh young children 
And so I'm just kind of curious as to what shows you have your kids uh, watching on streaming things. Like, so uh, one that I really like uh, that my uh, two-year-old really enjoys is Blaze. And is that that fire firefighter show? No, it's no. Uh, Blaze in the Monster Machines. He's like a monster truck. But he, like, transforms into one show he might be a race car, the next one he might be a fire truck, the next one he might be a dinosaur. But it's an educational one because they, they uh, learn how to count or do colors or do uh, things along those, at, like, those lines. And then, you know, they're the other ones that, you know, I, I don't think are, like, really beneficial in those aspects. I mean, you know, you have these really popular ones like Paw Patrol and PJ Masks. But they, I don't think they really teach anything. And so, I mean, if, you're, if your kids are sitting there and you're using the TV as a babysitter, basically, I think that they should at least get, you know, edumacated. Well, I, I, I remember this is bringing back flashbacks to, you know, we kinda, we're of the age of the, the heyday, the big boom of the Saturday morning cartoon block. Mm-hmm. And they, they actually made, you know, broadcast television regulated by the fcc and uh, they didn't like how they were kind of like super pushing the toys all the time to get people to buy kids to buy toys they wanted to be educational and they actually made that fcc uh crackdown on saturday morning cartoons and a wide variety of cartoons for them to have that bonus like 30 to 60 second educational clip at the end of the show i know we could probably you know gi joe is probably the most iconic for it i I think even uh uh well captain planet the whole show was based around it have Mm -hmm. a little bit of education baked it in but now you got these streaming shows these exclusive shows that's kind of a workaround they're not regulated by the fcc so they don't have to have that so yeah it's uh, funny you bring that up because i remember i mean at the end of uh you know like the ninja turtles they would have have like you know reduce reuse recycle or make sure to turn off your sink you know to conserve water you know all those little messages um, and you know, I, so we brought up some, uh, the cartoons that, you know, we watched, I like, I had my kids watch some of the ones that I've watched when I was a kid. And so like my uh, wife had them watching Rugrats and Rugrats was huge. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching it as a parent. And I'm like, this show is awful. Like they had like the worst parents ever. And these kids were like constantly like getting into like stuff that they shouldn't be. I mean, there was one episode where I think he got kidnapped by bank robbers. <laughs> what? Poor, yeah. poor Tommy. Yeah. little Tommy pickle. I mean, he's in, uh, you know, and like every single show, it's just like the parents just like, the kids just like, just know. lock the gate. They'll be fine. Yeah, pretty much. Um, not. <laughs> and then I, I, I saw that Doug was on there. And so I turned on Doug in the very first episode. I mean, it's basically him, you know, going to a new school and you got the, the bully. That's like trying to get it. Yeah. I get trying to get him into all this, these, uh, these troubles and everything. Uh, But you know, you got Blippy, which is huge, and that kind of reminds me of Reading Rainbow in a way. They go, you know, they, got, they, they actually have a documentary coming coming out on Reading Rainbow, like a really really high budgeted version of it in, in the coming weeks, actually. Yeah, and it, it's you know that's one thing I'll give Blippy is that he goes to different locations and shows you know you know a guy that operates a train and how the trains work and that kind of stuff. And then um, Octonauts, this is another one that I kind of like. I mean. Because even though it's you know it's a, a cartoon, it's got a catchy jingle. But at the end of every show, I mean, they're they're basically talking about different sea creatures and stuff, and you know, in, in like educating the children on the you know like what a squid is or whatever, and they have a clever way of doing it, kind of sneak sneak in some stealth education. But 
you know, but then you look at Paw Patrol, and Paw Patrol, I mean, it's probably one of the biggest ones out there. And it's, you know, there's no fire too big, no pup too small. Paw Patrol's on the roll, and they go put out the fire and whatever. But there's really no educational aspect to the stuff that they're doing. Not even like fire safety? I mean, it's not like they're teaching them how to count. It's not like they're teaching them the alphabet. It's not, they're not really teaching, I mean, and even fire safety, they're not even really teaching fire safety. It's just they're going on a mission, and that's it. Yeah, you think they could at least they could shoehorn in some some fire safety tips or something like if, that. If they're appealing to that age group, you know, like Ninja Turtles, I think that now you're you're into the the Y seven range, where I don't think Paw Patrol is like, I think that's geared to pretty much like almost all ages. I couldn't tell you. I don't have any little ones. I have a ton of nieces and nephews, and every now and again, during family outings, wake up early enough, just kind of, I'll chill with them, watch a little bit of uh, the the children's show programming with them a little bit. Some some of the stuff I'm just uh, super eye open to what what entertains them. Like I I don't even know if it's salon, but uh, I think on Netflix or uh, it was just like an it was like the spinny top game you just they just pop tops down on a, like a little thing, and it's just watching them compete like esports, but for like these. These top battlers, I'm blanking on the complete name of well, it right now, but that was it. And that's one of the reasons I, that I thought this was an interesting topic is because there are all these shows out there and these kids, I mean, they're they're watching all these different ones. And some of them, I mean, you got to be careful because even though they're a cartoon, they have no business on being in the kids section of Netflix. I mean, you might even get like something like Aqua Teen Hunger Force that sneaks oh, yeah, itself that is, in there. That's not for children. That, I think that stuff, like at least on on TV, it definitely does not have the Y seven rating. No, that's like rated yeah. R. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's but, pretty much high teenager, young adult. Yeah, you know uh, what was it? Adult Swim. Yeah, like you get these Adult Swim cartoons that are sometimes pop up like, on there, and it's you like, think it's like an algorithm thing, just kind of miscued. Who knows? Yeah, you know, but you know, my four year old has no business watching like Rick and Morty. Is he getting a little clever with the the remote? Maybe possibly accidentally thumbing over. Well, no, that's the thing is now he knows how to you know find shows and everything. We got to make sure that we catch him. And you know, a lot of them are just like really violent too. You Mm -hmm. know, or it's just fighting. Um, But the worst thing is not so much that, but YouTube. Oh, looks like we got Victor. Hold on, everybody. But so. These YouTube uh, videos that that are out there, and it's basically like homemade videos, and they're absolutely awful. It's you know it'll be uh, uh, kids camera in front of me. (laughs) Yeah, these kids like the parents will record their kids, you know, playing games or doing something along those lines. But you know, it's obviously like the production isn't there for what you would see on something like Netflix or anything. But they're in the search engine of YouTube, and these kids are just watching these, like, just god-awful homemade videos that people are putting out. And they might put in some little graphics here and there or something, but why they would even put their kids in front of a camera like that is beyond me. YouTube, I think, could be an uh, easy way for... I know there are some kind of parental controls or YouTube kids, because I know when publishing content, there's that, is this for kids or not, Mm -hmm. and what shows up. But it could be... uh, I think we all could probably remember or even 
viewers a little longer, younger than us can remember too that you know there are we we always got uh, we tried to get crafty at finding our way around parental controls or or in, in high school internet browsing find your way around the firewall security so you can get to all the un, unaccessed passes uh, for for just web content. Imagine well, how easy it could be for kids to find their way around YouTube con- blockers. Well, the thing is, like you know, you go on YouTube and you, the kid says, uh, you know, okay, I want to watch uh, a, a kids show on dinosaurs, and so you type in kids shows on dinosaurs well all of a sudden you just have these kids that are like seven eight years old that their parents are recording them just playing with dinosaur action figures oh yeah like pretty much no actual miracle value at all or that you type in paw patrol and it's these kids then they're playing the paw patrol video game or something oh right you know and so they're using this workaround of you know taking the search engine of paw patrol or dinosaurs or whatever it is and then they're having these kids are just watching this garbage yeah not not actual educational content, just yeah, yeah just kind of like live streams of just kids chilling <laughs> yeah. up to no good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, oh. and just being little brats. Yeah. You know, and then the kids they start reflecting that, and they they bring that back to you know, you know, they mean kids are so impressionable. If they hear something on one of those shows, they're going to bring it right back. So, you know, if a, a kid pushes another kid in one of those videos, all of a sudden you got your kid pushing another kid in daycare, and it's like, well, where'd you learn that? Oh, it was probably because of a stupid YouTube video or something that they watched. Yeah, gosh, or or, or, or the end of uh, Step Brothers, where uh, Will Ferrell and Owen Wilson built up, built, beat the crap out of a bunch of little kids at the end yeah. <laughs> in the playground. No, no, I kid, I kid. No, that that is a very, very good topic. Where I have, I, I could not even begin to fathom how to come up with a resolution for that if I was YouTube and trying to figure out their algorithm. Yeah. So anybody that's listening to this, I mean, put in the chat. Uh, let me know what uh, you know. You have your kids watching. Which ones you like and which ones to you know avoid. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, big, big, so many, so many directions that can go. Yeah, we want to hear what you guys have to say, comment, and, and we want to hear, see what you guys have to say, after, whether you're listening live or after the fact. We want to, and we'll make sure to give you some shout-outs on the next show, too, for uh, just uh, kid shows. And if you ran into any of this, too, while, while your kids searching for shows, uh, Victor, any any thoughts on the matter? I know you, just, you got in here a few minutes ago. Yeah, sorry if I'm late, you guys. Uh, it's just been it's been so crazy this week. But no, uh, Paul's right. You know, you don't you don't know what uh, what kids are up to nowadays, and especially because everything is so accessible. Not even just on the internet, but then just dang near everywhere. I mean, heck, you can uh, don't you don't even have to like uh, watch them. Watch them on their computer screen. I mean, heck, they got their phones. They've got pretty much anything on the go nowadays. And so, I mean, like he said, you know, even my mom said this too because she worked at a child development center. I mean, kids are very impressionable, like Paul said. I mean, my mom said it too. You know, kids are very impressionable. And it's so crazy now. Everything's on the go. And even Jim Carrey said it too. You know, kids so desensitized by movies and televisions and video games and everything else. So, I mean, it, it is pretty crazy, man, that, you know, like Paul said, you know, you, you see a kid, it used to be like, oh, well, we used to watch cartoons like Bugs Bunny or even like Davy Duck, and we saw them like hitting them over the head with, you know, a plank or whatever, and it'd be like, oh, where'd you learn that? Oh, we learned that from Looney Tunes. But now even uh, in the 90s, like, that just shows you really how much they got away with cartoons back in the day. Like when Ren and Stimpy was on, I mean, they said oh that was a you know kids cartoon that was not by any far kids cartoon i mean you saw them hitting them hitting a guy over the head with like planks and whatever thing you could find around the house and it's just crazy like he said because i mean you just got to watch what you know watch what your kids are watching man because you never know what they'll they'll pick up or what they'll say and you'll be like 
what did you just say? Uh, oh, I learned it from this. Well, I don't want to ever hear that ever again. That language will not be tolerated in this house. Sorry. I'm having just, flashbacks of just, just even being a, a, a youngin back in my childhood days as a youth and just, yeah, just parents saying, well, where, did you, where did you learn that from? The automatic thing would come to my mind would be, don't narc out your favorite TV show. They'll bat it in the house, say, from school. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, seriously, no. If we want to hear it, you get, if any parents out there, our guardians, it, yeah, post what you're watching or just maybe things that are kind of getting you to raise some eyebrows. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, some some kids shows that maybe not, may not be I, I kids shows for all we know. So comment in, in, in the description for this show here on your whatever social media app you're watching us on. All right, we need to move things along here. Uh, we got a few shows to catch up on here, just kind of like the latest shows. Uh, I, I know last episode we talked about the first two episodes of Halo Season 2 on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, now we're at the halfway point in the season. They had Episodes 3 and 4, and holy moly did they have a lot of big developments in the latest episodes on Paramount+. Plus here. So, Episode 3... Uh, we kind of see the Master Chief. He's uh, he's kind of put into detention and declared mentally unfit for duty because this Ackerson, he keeps giving him the big, like, he's putting him under the gun where he's just hardcore questioning him and his, uh, are you having delusions about, you know, you know, are you really seeing the Covenant out and about here? This is impossible. And are you really seeing these characters that should be dead? And then we have uh, Vanek, uh, another Spartan who's really needing medical attention, but trying to fight through her injuries. So, and then you have, you're you're seeing a more focus on Halsley, the doctor from the first show, is captured. Ackerson has her in this one little hologram type prison, and so that's another little subplot getting some some focus on. And it had a real interesting teaser there, a really good cliffhanger at the end of episode three. Where, you know, if you played the video games, you, you knew this was coming in the TV show that reached the, the planet that this main show was taking place on, gets the invaded by the Covenant force. And so that's where episode four kicks off. And episode four is just pretty much all about almost the entire episode. The Covenant are invading Reach. A lot of action throughout. A few nice little moments of respite so you can catch your breath. Uh, really... Uh, fascinating scene where they're in a little uh, antique uh, antique shop in there and and like the antique shop owners like hey put this typewriter back in the top shelf it got knocked down and master chief and this little uh, corporal he has uh, kind of they're on the run trying to find safety uh they're kind of like just bug-eyed at her uh you know we're being invaded right (laughs) but what two big action-packed episodes uh paul i I think it's safe to say episode four definitely uh stole the show here (laughs) Uh, actually, I, um, I wasn't happy with it. Not too happy with both episodes or just like the, yeah. the way the... Yeah, if they, if they don't put them back in the, the suits... Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's a... You know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting bored with it. I'm basically, I'm watching, uh, what's that, what's that other video game where, you know, you got the, and you're always like ducking behind and trying to shoot the big monsters coming at you. Gears of War? Gears of War. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm watching Gears of War, not Halo. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is a... I completely forgot to bring up that point. I guess I kind of got used to it by the end of that episode. But yeah, they're uh, they finally get to their they're trying. A couple of Spartans are trying. They kind of rendezvous with a couple of the other Spartans. Actually, one of the Spartans is completely absent from the episode. They, I'm guessing that will be re- revealed in the later episodes. But uh, they link up with a couple of Spartans at their headquarters, and they're like, "All right, Master Chief John." He's like, "Let's suit up." And they're and the other Spartans are like, "No, they already shipped off our gear. We don't have our gear. Just a little throwaway line." I'm like, "Well, hey, that's weird." And I'm thinking, I'm. If I were, I'm just speculating, but I'm guessing they want to, they don't want 
them just to focus on them being their armor in the entire episode. They want to see more of their body language, their faces more. And it seemed like the past few episodes has been kind of like 50-50 about, or maybe 40-60, because, uh, you know, they can't be in battle gear the entire time. they got to have some time focused on the plot. Then, but Then what's the point of making the show? Then? Yeah. Like, yeah. what's the point the, of the, Halo? The, I mean, the Halo... Master Chief is in the armor for the entire game. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a very, very just weird uh, juxtaposition where uh, the, the showrunners got to face, well, we got to have these people talking. They can't be talking while in armor the entire time. So I think they kind of did that, which I'm with you. I don't agree with it, too. We got to see... Uh, the main headline battle scene that people associate the Halo series for, the Fall of Reach, uh, we got to see them in their armor. So yeah. yeah, that now that you bring that up, I that is a very, very, uh, very just, just salient point. We need to why no armor? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! But the battle scenes themselves, though, I mean that caveat uh, notwithstanding. The battles themselves, what a big CG uh, showcase. Yeah, I mean, they did a good job with the CG and, you know, making, you know, like, you know, they're by the Warthog and, you know, I think they rolled in one of the tanks and you the see... Scorpion tank. Yeah. You, you see know. the Wraith, equi- uh, the Covenant equivalent, the Wraith. Yeah, but the thing, that, cool. the thing that, it, it, like I said, without the suit, it, it deters from me because of the fact that, like, they wouldn't survive. Yeah. This, this, like the whole reason that they can do what they can do is because they're Spartans and they're Spartans yeah. because of the suit. Yeah. They're not Spartans. The regenerative out, they're armor. not Spartans yeah. outside of the yep. suit. They're just people. Well, no, no, <laughs> I mean, no. They, they do have super strength because I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd for the Halo lore. They and they kind of refer to it in the show a little bit uh, with the characters being. Uh, having gone, gone through a process called augmentation, yeah. which is kind of like the halo equivalent of like the super soldier serum for Captain America, which kind of gives them super strength and uh, and can and the do abil- and the ability to avoid twenty thousand bullets yeah. that super are coming speed. at them. Yeah, <laughs> like there's that I scene mean, where Master Chief takes I out mean, two two like ba- small ba- puny privates in an elevator, which is like a, the equivalent of a flick of the wrist, flick of the wrist. And uh, but you will, you know you combine the augmentation with their special armor and that what makes them like the super duper deluxe uh, you know unstoppable soldiers but yeah. yeah no that is a that is yeah now now that i think about that more yeah that is quite the bold decision to have them without their suits that especially in episode four yeah, yeah. and then they had to throw some wokeness in there of course I'm trying to remember. Oh, the, bl- oh. the blind guy that was gay he lost his gay lover and so he went and committed himself to suicide I, I guess I just interpreted when, that as there, there, here's just a couple of gay characters on the show. I didn't feel like they were pushing it or anything. Well, I, but still, I mean, it's like it wouldn't be wokeness if it didn't have that. So yeah, I don't know if I'm with you 100 percent on that, but I see where you're coming from. But uh, yeah, so uh, so I mean, yeah, it was quite the action thriller. Right? Paul, I know you love having nonstop action, and that episode four was definitely nonstop action. Uh, episode three, kind of a little bit more plot development. Uh, Gotta give a shout out to Captain Keys. I thought he had a couple of big moments on here too. Uh, uh, Danny Sapani definitely bringing in like kind of doing the big rah rah uh, trooper speech there. But uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of big moments on the uh, on this show. But uh, I you know I'm still I I gotta think on that more of them not being in their suits. Maybe they're saving for more bigger uh, scenes with them in the suits in the later episodes. At least that's what I'm hoping now. But I mean I'm still liking it so far. I thought. Uh, 
really liked episodes three and four, though I may have to think a little bit more on that, them without them being in the suits. But it sounds like it's kind of losing you a little bit, Paul. It, a little bit. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens with the next episode. Yeah. They, they might reel it back in. Yeah. But still four more episodes to go. We'll see uh, when, when we get back there. I will touch base again two, on the next two episodes in two weeks here. So, uh, Victor, I'm going we're, we're gonna throw it to you here. Uh, I know you wanted to touch on uh, the passing of Richard Lewis. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a pretty another sad death because uh, a lot of deaths have been occurring uh, in the Hollywood world. Uh, Richard Lewis. Uh, for those of you who did not know who Richard Lewis was, um, if you ever saw Mel Brooks' uh, Robin Hood and Men in Tights, he played the king, and he was also a part of Mr. Larry David's amazing and always hilarious show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, he played it for a long, long time. He was friends with uh, Larry David and them for many years, and uh, sadly he passed away uh, just by normal causes, of course, uh, old age and such. But he was he was one of the funniest, if not the most funniest person. No, I, I, I thought I heard that he had Parkinson's. They said he did, but I think he uh, it was complications just like of old age, like that. Yeah, was, he was like in his seventies. Yeah, so. and he and he was it was his time to go. So mm-hmm. I I think at that time he was he was Which about is, right. You know, it's, and it's very just just. You know, just ironic too, because the the last air, season of Curb Your Enthusiasm is in progress, airing right now. Yeah, and he um, he actually got to be a part of it uh, for for quite some time over the years. So I mean, he was he was a co- uh, comedian before he started acting, and he was very very funny, <laughs> and uh, especially like when he was in Men in Tights, which is one of my favorite personal Mel Brook uh, movies. I have a lot of favorite personal ones, but Men in Tights was truly that one. So I mean, he was just so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was like the, probably like one of the first satires I ever saw. It was just my mind blowing as a little kid. Oh yeah, and just the the music and just the comedy, like just the self aware comedy was truly just oh my gosh, <laughs> there was so much in there about just Robin Hood and everything. Especially like my favorite scene, of course, and I know that everybody has actually heard the song probably more times than ever before. But of course, you know, Men in Tights, you know the theme. Uh, as he as what was it, Little John? They were getting dressed, and of course he's like, oh, let's face it, you gotta be a real man to wear tights. And then, of course, he looked at him and he's like, huh? How many seams? Perfect. Every time. I love that. Just, just the fact that they just, like, they love wearing these tights, even though they're tight as hell on them. They're like, yep, they're good, man. Yep, What's every your time. Your name, Latrine. Uh, it used to be Shithouse. <laughs> Oh, God. It's been forever. I think I used to be on, like, HBO all the time as a little kid. I must have saw it, like, so many times as a little kid. Oh, oh yeah. Call a, the locksmith. Achoo, son of a Gassundite. Oh, man. Oh, I can see again all the colors in the rainbow. Oh, oh easy come, easy go. <laughs> yes. Uh, even the chastity. Oh, my God. The chastity. Call the locksmith. <laughs> oh, gosh. Great stuff. How so, many keys you want? <laughs> oh, man. Well, rest in peace, Richard Lewis. A lot of great memories. Uh, Victor, uh, Marvel, DC, comic book updates. Yes. Well, there will be, of course, I hope you guys are getting ready because it's coming soon. There have been tons, literally tons of viewing. Even when they appear on the Super Bowl, Wolverine and Deadpool, man, they have been making waves on the internet. The first video that actually showed up, not even just on the Super Bowl, it got aired millions and millions of times, guys. I mean, oh my gosh. Like By, by the time it even like just showed a little bit of Ryan Reynolds, everybody was on their phones, their computers, everything. I think it's going to be the most highly profitable movie probably in history. Oh, I, it, I, I, I Didn't they just it. officially rename the movie, like uh, Deadpool and Wolverine? Yes, they did. Which is probably for... 
probably a lot of people had no idea that you know Wolverine's actually in this, so that's probably a good thing. Yes, well, they they did show a little bit of his shadow uh, at the end of the trailer. Um, they did not fully show Mr. Hugh Jackman, but of course they showed uh, him twice a little bit. But uh, everyone knows that he's going to be in there, and everyone I know, even including myself, we're just going to go nuts because I mean, my gosh, I, I'm sorry, guys. I love every actor who wishes to play, but nobody in the history. In fact, he even got a, a world record for this. Hugh Jackman has played Wolverine probably more times than any actor has played any character in the past seven years. I got, I got two predictions for this movie, too. We can put, uh, place bets. But I almost want to say that there is going to be a cameo of Gambit. Oh. From uh, who was the Magic Mike guy? Oh, you mean Channing Tatum? Chan- I'm thinking Channing Tatum is going to show up as uh, Gambit, and there's going to be an appearance from Rogue. Oh wow! I would like to say that. I would like to say that on on there, but sh- I might get my hopes up. So we may we may have to. I don't know, kind of reel that in, but I'll I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. They they have been teasing Mr. Channing Tatum playing uh, Gambit, and for those of you who did not know, quick uh, text here: uh, Mr. Channing Tatum was really excited to play Gambit in his own spinoff movie. Unfortunately, that's why I'm thinking he's going to make him. Yeah, I hope they do because he, they've been like he's been like, come on, when are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? But they never got it off the ground, and that was really sad because I I think he could play Gambit pretty well. I mean, yeah. he's pretty charming in him his own self, so I thought he could do very well you have to understand guys i mean deadpool has been they've been spending years literally years trying to get these movies off the ground and the second they was said go i mean oh my gosh the first deadpool was just like out right. of here like a rocket both of them are awesome. oh yeah both of them were even the holiday special which was a remake of the second one just the pg-13 it, version right yeah even yes. though that was just a rated r version just a pg-13 version but it was it was still amazing and i mean my gosh this deadpool and werewolf mo- uh, wolverine movie oh my gosh it's gonna oh, just man. hit yeah. numbers beyond numbers so i am super stoked for it yes. yeah I, it, as, i'm just and you can't help but get the good thing that they can't mess this up it's, oh yeah yeah and speaking of bloody violence, uh, you get ready for more, guys, because Daredevil is not done with his violence yet. Uh, he will be, of course, going in my favorite storyline, which was Born Again. Uh, and that is when uh, Kingpin and the rest of uh, Daredevil's enemies, they discover his secret identity and they wish to destroy his life and everything about him. And so discovering his secret identity, they burn down his house. They burn down every part of his life, his Daredevil suit. And Matt has to find the inner strength in within himself to come back which is the reference of course to the uh the very title born again and come back you know as the daredevil we all know and not only that but he will be accompanying by uh, of course bullseye his most hateful enemy electra and of course the man who takes no absolute prisoners the evil man with the skull on his chest that vowed to kill everyone with extreme prejudice the punisher and i cannot wait yeah. to see him duke it out with all of them in a bloody fashion like in the comic books so do they have a release date on that set yet? Uh, they, they, or later this year? They're still finishing up after uh, so many pre-productions and oh, everything yeah. like that. So I mean, yeah, I they do a bunch of reshoots, right? Yeah, because yeah, it originally was supposed to be a movie, but uh, they turned it up. They made it into a TV show, which I some don't complications, but they'll get through it. Yeah, they'll get through it. Like I said, this was supposed to be a movie, but television kind of won out in the end, so it's so, okay. Uh, but we'll see it very soon. So cool, cool. Any other last uh, updates there from the comic world? Yes, the last one we have, uh, of course, is the Fantastic Four release ladies and gentlemen 
I cannot tell you how many years it's been since uh, the Michael oh, B. Jordan version. Not even the Michael B. Jordan version, but even the two, the actual two thousand three slash four release oh, of yeah. the original two thousands uh, Fantastic Four. It was Fantastic Four uh, in two thousand and four, and then it was two thousand and five uh, Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer with each and every one of them. And those not only were the movies were that made Jessica Alba quit acting for good, but those were the movies that were nothing wrong with them. They were fine. But then many years ago, of course, we saw the Michael B. Jordan version, and mm. hell, I don't think anyone could want to see it again. Yeah, Awful. and so now they're going to do a series uh, about this whole entire family once more. Hopefully they get it right. It's going to be a series, Disney Plus? They said it was either going to be a series or a movie, um, but I really think it's going to be a series because... Let's face it, series kind of ruled the airways right now. So, um, but yeah, uh, pa- uh, Mr. Pablo uh, Pascal is going to play Mr. Fantastic, uh, which we love. Uh, I think they should have picked someone else, but you know, I still love him because he's a great actor. But we'll see uh, when it was released. So that's pretty much it. Oh man, gosh, yeah, we'll stay tuned for for announcements here. Yes. Yeah, yeah, gosh, yeah, it will be live action or or, or, or I mean, I mean, uh, series or or movie. I, I'm down for either. Yes, Sam. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move things along here. Next up, Paul, I know this is one you've been excited to talk about. I got a couple texts from you this past week about it. Uh, uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, Netflix has a new live action series for it. Eight episodes. Did they drop it all at once, Paul, or did they, they do half now, half later? Or oh, they did it all at once. All at Thank once. Thank you. And uh, was, was this... So Avatar, for the unaware, uh, it was based... Uh, Originally, as an animated show from like the early to mid two thousands, for what four or five seasons, there was kind of a a, a much uh, ballyhooed, not uh, infamous uh, live action movie by one M Night Shyamalan yes. uh, about what ten, twelve years ago or so. But now Netflix has its own live action series. So, Paul, eight episodes. Have, uh, have they managed to uh, erase the M Night Shyamalan version and brought it back in good favor for you? Okay, so first off, um, the animated. Show was very popular. My daughter absolutely loved it. So, cool. and then uh, M Night he made his, and it was, I mean, laundry folding material. You know, somewhat entertaining. had had its moments, and I think it was supposed to be a trilogy, and it flopped after the first one. So they never made the other two. Um, and yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was too bad, but now we got this one that came out, and it's a series, and right now it's eight parts, and um. Uh, thinking that there's going to be a season two because it rocked. Hmm. Paul this was is, awesome. Paul this, is in. Did you just binge this in one night? No, it took me. It took me because uh, each episode is about an hour long. Hmm. So it, it took me about a week or so. But I mean, I, every night I was like my. I was looking forward to watching the next episode because it. They there, nailed it. I even watched it with my daughter who watched all the cartoons and she was like. Like hammering out, like they are just nailing every aspect oh. of the cat, uh, the right. cartoon on so, point. So you'll have to clue me in. I, I've been aware of Avatar. I've seen various clips over the years, but I, I couldn't tell you a thing about it other than just what what he looks like. So pretend I'm I'm just a complete. I have no knowledge at all for Avatar The Last Airbender. So all I know is just going by the IMDb synopsis here. A young boy known as the Avatar must master the four elemental powers to save the world and fight against an enemy bent on stopping him. What's the 101 on Avatar? So you got the four elements. You got fire, water, earth, and wind. And air. And Well, yeah, or air. Yeah. So um, so the Avatar, he comes from the the Wind or Air clan. He cares, yeah, the Air and, Nation of... Yep. And 
so the avatar uh, comes around like once every I don't know what is it like decade or something to yeah. to and the avatar is able to control all four elements. Um, so he needs to learn how to control, you know, uh, earth and fire and water. All the other ones, they can only control their one element. Yeah, so basically uh, the Avatar was one of the most powerful of all. He learned all the elements, but when the world really needed him, he vanished. And so many years had passed, and they had found Aang in this big big like air lock because he locked himself in a, like a big glacier of ice and with Appa with him right next to him and of course when Katara and of course his her brother found him you know they just found this little boy and they thought well this is the avatar he's supposed isn't he supposed to be a man well of course he's this goofy little kid and he's like they they always yeah. put pressure on him to save the world well, so so he, the avatar is supposed to bring, bring balance yes. to all of the elements yes. and when he uh, got caught in this storm and he got lost for a hundred years or whatever it was. The Fire Nation uh, basically declared war on all of the other elements and became like the rulers. And so they're all relying on the Avatar to save them, but he was gone. Mm. And so now he has been rediscovered. Yes. And but he's still a child, mm. and so he hasn't learned the elements yet. But the Fire Nation has already taken over. Mm all of the other elemental nations as well. But going into the, the series here, because it's a live action, the they the acting is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The characters are just right on point. Even the Avatar himself. I mean, because, you know, he's, he's this kid that's just kind of like, he doesn't know the responsibility mm-hmm. of, like, saving nations or anything like that. So he's just like a kid that's like, hey, yeah. I just want friends to help me. Yeah. You know? Want to go paint? Um, it's like an adventure. Yeah. yeah it, but it also comes with a lot of uh, different things. But he, when he gets to these different uh, nations, he can also access avatars from the past mm. and gain their knowledge. And so he's getting advice from previous avatars and uh, getting help from their powers to, to take on these people that are trying to bring him down. And the fight scenes at the end, I mean, it's so entertaining. I mean, the fight scene between him and the uh, Earth Nation is, I think it's episode two. And Mm. it is fantastic. I mean, this is... This is like an an animated cartoon completely brought to life, Mm. like, on par. Mm. Even my daughter was just like, yeah, that's... That's a... a, uh, flying buffalo or whatever getting all the yeah, references Appa. down yeah. <laughs> so, Appa, yip, yip. <laughs> so so what 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 do they get right here when uh adapting the cartoon to this uh, netflix series in live action form that they that they weren't able to pull off in the m night Shyamalan version m night Shyamalan, i think he tried to create his own version of the story just like they did with you know uh yeah. michael bay with transformers it's like yeah. that's not transformers that's your that's your version of transformers you read you yeah. You didn't even like go off of what was it? You had a script in front of you and you yeah. threw it away and just came up with your own story. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of, it seems to be one of those fine lines, you know, do, do people want a complete retelling like 90 to 100%, you know, I want to know what I know in, in live action form, or do you want at least a little bit of new stuff thrown in to keep you on your toes a little bit? So it's not like the entire time is all right, here's this part that's coming up next. I know what happens. Do you want a little bit of element of surprise? It's, it's not even about retelling a, a, a certain story, but like when I, 
texted you this because this is very interesting. Me and Dale were texting about this, and he kind of was like, "Well, because Paul's reviewing this show," and I said, "No, no, not yeah, not, that's right. not you his said you show. wanted to bring up a point, uh, a comparison to the Shyamalan version, yeah, right?" So, and this is, uh, and this goes back not only to what we're talking about here, but this goes also to what we were talking about in Halo. You know, it's kind of very weird that you would see them without their suits, and the same premise of which you, it'd be weird if we saw, you know this little boy who was granted all these elements, you know, and in M. Night Shyamalan's movie, it was very, it it was there, the material was there, but like Paul said, and it's very true, they just tried to make up their own little world, and it wasn't theirs, and you have to remember, everyone, this is not their creations, it's an adaptation, it's somebody else's work, and if you, it's not even so much about telling, the retelling of the story, it's just about keeping all the, the, the parts and pieces together, if you're gonna tell, you know, in live action form, just, you don't have to go nuts with it, just... Just tell it like it was in the cartoon. If you're going to do an adaptation of this, you know, you might as well just do it like they did the cartoon, for Christ's sakes. Like, well, then that's the, the way I see it is if you, you know, even like Transformers and everything. If you're going to take the name, yeah. you're going to make a movie, yeah. do it piece by piece, exactly. make it live action, yes. because that's what we're looking for. Because if you deviate, then you're like, but that, that, that's not part of the story. That doesn't make any sense. Well, exactly. But if you take the premise of it yes. and create a new storyline, yeah. but you use the characters and you do them correctly, yeah. then that's okay. Yeah. But if you are actually going off of the, like, let's say Transformers the movie, the animated movie, if you deviate from the storyline from yeah. that movie, if you're recreating it, yeah. I'm going to be like, no, this isn't this isn't the yeah. story. Yeah. But if you're making it a prequel or a sequel to yeah. that, oh, and you, you kind of establish the parameters. Yeah. And you have your liberties to, you know, kind of do what you want with it, but yes. you still maintain the characters and the look and everything like that, yes. then I'm fine with it. Yes. And so this, Avatar, because it's going with the actual storyline of the cartoon, yes. they nailed it. Yes. M. Night Shyamalan, he went kind of his own direction. Yeah. Did not agree. For better or worse, yes. Uh, so was there a certain part where, where you're just in super fan mode when you're watching this where you're hoping they got it right or a certain specific uh, reference, I guess maybe to avoid spoilers, maybe if you want to allude to it or however you feel you want to go about it where you're like, you, you kind of like you're in uh, on the edge of your seat like, yeah, like you're in super fan mode. Like, all right, they got it right. Well, so I didn't, act, I mean, I'm kind of, devil's advocating myself here because I didn't actually watch like the avatar or the cartoon all the way through. My daughter was the one that was telling me like, yeah, I mean, this is, a, or maybe know. for your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, yeah, this, she, I mean, she basically knew the next part that was going to come up. She mm. knew all the characters and everything. Um, the thing that I thought was so good about it. Um, I'm just going to use like the, I think, like I said, the second episode where he fights the, the king of the earth realm. Oh, King, is it King Boomy? Is it King? Bo- yeah. Oh, God. I think I love, so. I says he's he's the, for but, all you don't know that King Boomy is the Earth King of uh, it was, Nation. It was just like playing a video game, you yeah. know. Like from begin, you get at the start, you go through the the little trials and tribulations, then you get to the main boss. Oh, and then, yeah. and then the main oh, boss wow. fight. work your way through the ponds. Yep, and then the main boss fight was awesome. Mm. It was it was like everything that you wanted it to be. <laughs> like the ultimate villain at the end there just yeah it's it's not just a quick little one-off skirmish but uh but but more of an epic encounter like the end of a movie. Yeah, exactly. And uh yeah, and I mean they just did 
they just did such a good job with it. I just, I, I can't recommend this anymore. I just, I just think that this is just such an entertaining, fun show to watch. Do, do people need to watch the cartoon first, or would you recommend it? Or no, 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 I don't think so. I, I, I would just because if you don't know, you know, and you do watch this, you, I mean, you don't have to, but I, I would recommend watching not only just the live action, but just watching the animated because. Just like this, you know, it, it, it wasn't even just about, like, the show itself. Like, the characters, the story, and just the themes of all the different nations. Like, that is what made the show so amazing and so phenomenal. The martial arts were just... And as being a huge lover of a sus of a martial arts... Oh, yeah, well, a question I have amazing. for both of you about martial... Knowing both of you have the martial arts backgrounds, you know, how, how did that translate on film? So, uh... The uh, kid from the Fire Nation, he did a lot of uh, cool martial arts in there, you yeah, know, with Prince the kicks and everything. Because I, yeah. I did see the trailer, and I saw just the, the brief little snippets of action in there, and I was like, oh, i got to ask Paul and Victor about this. How, how did the it, fights go? It's not, it's not so much about, like, martial arts, if you like, in that aspect. It's more along the lines of, I mean, you know, you had, like, Captain Planet and stuff, but uh, using the elements that you have. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like you're doing ninja kicks or anything like that you're you know taking the water and you're shaping it and you're doing it it's like this. a hybrid of magic and and actual fighting yeah well it's and not so even the, so much magic it's more about like so when he teaches zuko to fire bend fire bending does not come from just just clear force it comes from the breath as you know his uncle said so then when he you know releases it it just becomes fire inside of you so well it, here's a way to think of it like if you were to put it in like a martial arts aspect, you know, uh, if you have the water, you can either use the water as water and flow and make it into like a tornado, or you can turn it into ice and throw it as like shrapnel, or you can slide on it. I mean, basically like Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. So the different tricks that you can do with the elements that you have. But the thing that I want to know in the comments, because I thought this was interesting. My daughter asked me this. What element would you want? If you could choose one, would you go with fire? Would you go with earth? Would you go with water? Or would you go with air? Oh, earth. Easily. That's what I said. Because <laughs> honestly, it's... Because I, I, now I, I have a lot of favorite characters in the show, but my girl Toph. Toph, I love Toph. She is, she's blind, and she cannot see worth a damn. But she, she can see with earth bending. As she said, I feel earth bending through my feet. That's why she wears no but, shoes. But there, there are so many different things that you, like, aspects to it. So if you have air, you can fly. If you have earth, you can obviously you know crush things or move oh, mountains. That's what I was oh, thinking, course. yeah. If you have fire, I mean, obviously you can... Burn stuff. Oh yeah, but the um, cool part is being an earthbender. Earth, you can also literally. be metal. You can also be a metal bender if you are. If you're an earthbending, you can also learn metal bending too, which makes it that oh, much cooler. Too. I didn't know that, but and then water. I mean, obviously, there's a lot that you can do with tsunamis. Water. <laughs> oh, and there was other another thing in this too. They, they talk about the spirit realm a lot in this, and yes. the spirit realm is really cool in this mm. show. I want, I'm not going to get into that. Mm. You're just going to have to watch it yeah. to see the spirit Big realm. Factor. That's a huge factor in it. But what would you want to be? Would you be I would say Earth, just because uh, before you guys even said it, I was, first thing that came to mind, you know, just create huge wrecking balls out of the ground and just cast them down on, on foes and wreck people in battle with well, the supernatural force and awesome CG special effects oh, along with it. Although, yeah, but what about the sweat that comes off of you? What about the water in your body? Oh, yeah, because, yeah, you can, um, and the cool part about being a waterbender, too, because I wanted to also say water, because not only can you control the water, especially, of course, in your body, but you can also bend their blood. Blood. You can bend the blood inside somebody's body, and you can completely 
completely immobilize this. Your body's made of seventy percent water, and yeah. you could just suck it right out of you. Yeah, a whole bunch of little things. Well, just cast a force field around you. Which problem solved, Joe? <laughs> probably could. Yeah, you probably could. <laughs> you just, honestly, I mean, if you're Earth, then you just you know surround your body in dirt, mm-hmm. so they can't. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I mean, that's the whole point. It's like honestly, can, yeah, because that's what uh, Ang did. That's why I said, guys, watch the yes. anime show because you'll see oh, when he man. took on uh, Zuko's sister. Like literally, all he did was pound the earth and literally made himself an armored suit, and he just fought it and just bam. And that's well, the point of the avatar. The avatar can address all of these things yeah. at once. Okay. Yeah, I, I seriously got. Going back, going back to the synopsis, mastering all four elemental powers. So, and we, also we, before, like I said, before, like Paul said, go watch the animated series because when you go to the spirit realm, each spirit realm you go to, you meet an awesome animal, and you'll meet a certain animal so, that I love. So, so you'll, like I said, obviously go we could we could nerd out about this forever, but we need to move on. But safe to say, sounds like high high recommendation for the Netflix series Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, yep, yeah. can't wait for the second yeah. season. Yeah, it looks like good ratings on the Rotten Tomato scale there too. So yeah, yeah, everyone. There you go. It's on Netflix right now. So next up here, uh, we are going to actually, I think we're about uh, due up here for another break here. So we got to shout out our friends at Oh for Heaven's Cakes and more. Uh, there, where there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade bakers, and that's where Oh for Heaven's Cakes comes in. You'll find the best cupcakes and cakes for any special occasions or just a treat. Walk in to find out more, but be forewarned, you will not want to leave. I know Victor and myself, we make it a pit stop uh, there probably like once or twice a month. Usually after we wrap up a show there, uh, we've tried out pretty much our entire menu. They're located on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall, open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, and on Saturdays from 9 to noon. Give them a call, 701-757-2253, or email oforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. That's O for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. All right, Victor, going to throw it to you next. I know you had a big review you're really, really uh, stoked to tell us about here. Um, Argyle, the big uh, spy thriller where an author... Uh, of a spy thriller uh, w- turns out whatever the author writes ends up becoming reality and it results in a big kind of uh, from what I understood here uh, a globe trotting swashbuckling uh, comedy action thriller yes oh my gosh you guys uh, now if you love spy thrillers no one did it as amazingly as well as uh, Mr. Matthew Vaughn, and he's been killing right, it. director. Yeah. He has been killing it, literally, not only just with the Kingsman series, man, but just with this movie as well, and I was so excited to, to, to see him come back to just like just give us this amazing movie. It was just it was swashbuckling. Can, it was amazing. Can I ask you said Kingsman? I saw when well, I saw the trailer yes. for this, it reminded me a lot of the Kingsman. Is this any official relation canon to it at all? In a big way. In a big way. I I won't I be, mean if I, it's a spoiler, I don't want you to give it away. I no, just it's, I, it's I just not a spoiler, I was just wondering from the trailer. I'm like, are these connected? <laughs> yeah, uh, see so like guys, the funny thing about Matthew Vaughn and he's one of those directors not only that I love immensely, but he he is not afraid to use the same cast crew and everybody in the original so like 99% of the movie like is just it's like Kingsman all over again and he uses the same cast and crew as everybody so Samuel Jackson who has returned uh, even uh, most of most of the Kingman cast, especially the woman that you'll see in the front of the page, uh, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. You got the cast behind you right now, man. Well, yeah, ex- yeah. So, um, so like, even if I duck down, uh, the 
the now so not her not the blonde but uh half of the cast is missing but so uh, so huge one, cast <laughs> yeah well one of the huge cast yes but uh the woman who was in the first Kingsman uh who had the uh evil devilish uh silver metal feet or I should say uh Intominable feet, uh, but like she was in there, and it was amazing. Um, it was just like there was just so beautiful, beautiful cast here. You got John Sam. Cena. He's popping up everywhere. See, so he's in there. Yeah, John Cena's in Who's there. The Henry, Henry Cavill. Uh, she's actually a musician uh, who was who transitioned into acting. She wasn't that bad, really, and I thought she did a very good job. Is that Bryce? Uh, yep. There's Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard. Howard. Yeah. Uh, she is the and for those you don't know, she is the daughter of my favorite director, Mr. Ron Howard, and, who, and who also played Opie on one of my favorite lovely shows, yeah. The Andy Griffith Show. Wow. Uh, um, and yes, uh, and then of course, like I said, you got my boy Henry. Cavill right there holding the cat. I mean, I'm so okay. glad. The trailer, the cat is like front and center. I see a lot of cat puns. Are they? Is it overboard in the movie? Cat puns all around, or uh, they, they they find a, a good balance? <laughs> no, they found a good balance for this cat. This cat is very important for for many reasons alone. Um, what I loved, especially about uh, Kingsman, and if you uh, saw Kingsman or the second one, you'll realize why that animal is so important. Um, it's because like during their training, and I know you guys have seen Kingsman, so don't pretend like you didn't. Um, of course, in the first Kingsman, they did a training uh, exercise, uh, and they uh, talk about life. So, of course, they tell they have uh, assigned an animal to the and he's, uh, one of the agents, and they carry it on through with them. And then at the end of the training session, they give them a gun and tell them, "Now I want you to kill it." He's like, "Excuse me, I want you to kill this animal." And they look at them with such intensity in their eyes and say, "I want you to kill this animal." Now, of course, they do it, and of course, they say, "Well, now that you did it, now you can be an agent." But see, Eggsy in the movie, played by Taron Ter- uh, Egerton, he just he can't bring himself to kill this wonderful, wonderful dog of his. And uh, he, and then of course, they're like, "Well, you don't have the guff to be a kingsman." But see, that was just a test of on another test because he ends up keeping the dog, and of course, you know, it becomes his pet. Uh, but they they want to test you on if you're ready to go, like honestly, and kill. If you can kill an enemy without hesitation, with ever, then you're a spy. But uh, in this in this movie, it's a real big theme about that animal, and he, the cat is funny too. Just like <laughs> he, he's such a nice animal, but he just uh, he's such a little. I think we know from other movies that you don't kill somebody's dog. Yeah, yeah. like and, and let, let, let me make it's a, if you, if you're gonna try and. Uh, it, even if you find a lot of remorse, uh, character remorse behind the killing of an animal, that's like a, that's an automatic turnoff for a lot of viewers. Yeah. I can get past it in movies, uh, in certain movies that have done it, but uh, if if they find a certain way to treat it right, but I understand how for some people that's an automatic deal breaker. And, still, I, lo- and I love Paul me. for bringing that up. Just like yeah, you don't kill somebody's dog and then think you're going to get away with it because uh, you'll have hell to pay. I, st- I still crack up when I see the uh, thing with. Thanos snaps his fingers. Oh yeah, and John Wick's dog disappears, oh, and no. it goes back to Thanos, and he's just like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was God. at this moment he <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> so, what, what are some? Uh, I, I saw from the trailer here a lot of big globetrotting, swashbuckling action. You say they knocked that. It sounds like they they can completely deliver on the that. Stunts were so kick ass, and and I gotta tell you. Um, I love me some spy spy thrillers, and oh my gosh, this is just like um, Shane when Shane Black did uh, Long Good Ki- Long Kiss Good Night. Oh yeah, amazing uh, movie. Which, oh, this is just like Speaking that. of Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Which again has him in here. So I mean, like, and Bryce Dallas Howard, man, what a. What a beauty and wonder she is, honestly. I and I really love that they they actually 
Like, I, in, in Jurassic World, they use her a lot, but not in this movie. Like, she was front and center, uh, and, you know, I'm going to go with it in Paul's direction here because it's true. That woman is just, wow. Like, if you think Gina Davis was hot as a blonde, like, wow. <laughs> like she is not only was amazed. she was so beautiful like she was beautiful but she was kick ass and that's what makes like female characters so awesome not even just like oh female power forget all that crap no she was she was just transcends that no like she's she a was, badass no, yeah like, a badass badass yeah she was just so freaking awesome like she was kicking ass and taking names and literally she was just duking it out with the best of them she was just this amazing like oh she was so cool and the and the not only just the just the movie itself was just incredible, but the stunts and just like the, the the fight choreography and everything, and Sam Rockwell being the always hilarious dancer because he loves to dance in all his movies. Just he loves to get down, so I love it for I love him for it. So. Now looking into this as a, a satire action. Now do they, do they dial too much on the satire, or, do it, or is no. it like no? They got the good amount of doses no. of satire. They know when to dial it back. They know when to get serious. They know when to go all out action, and they know when to sneak in the jokes here, mm. or is it? Are there any times where you're like, all right, guys, just dial it back one or no, two? They, no, it, it's just right. No, they they got the dial down just right. absolutely to the T. That, that's the thing. Unfortunately, Victor, I have to say, I I skipped the both of the Kingsman movies because just going by the trailers, I'm like, I don't know. It just seems like they're they're trying too hard with no, the comedy. No, D- Dale, let me, I agree. let me, Dale, let me, assure, let me I, assure have, you. have you seen him, Paul? Or yeah, I agree with you. Or, Dale, let me, it let is me too much you. for you, Paul. Yep. Yeah. Let me, let me assure you. All right, Victor, you, convince me otherwise. Let me, let me assure you, you need to watch the the Kingsman movies. I know it. I know everyone wants to say, well, again, you know, it's just too much comedy. Let me assure sometimes, you. Sometimes, while, while I am all for those moments, sometimes I'm like. I gotta have that little bit of a balance it is and i understand but like i said with adaptations because this was based kingsman was based on a very great uh book by my boy mark miller uh, who did kick ass as well and he just doesn't let up with violence in his in his just in his stories and especially with kick ass and kingsman he found the right balance of suave debonair just like james bond it just like was james bond but upgraded to 10 more times and the movies did just that. So, I mean, if Kick-Ass can do this, so can the Kingsman series. And they did it very well. The cast was beautiful. The The revenge plots of both movies were just amazingly, uh, which kind of was very scary because the villains in there were just like, I want to kill everybody, which is what spy thrillers should be. And uh, like I said, I think you should go home and watch both movies if you can. Uh, and plus, if you watch this one, you'll get, trust me, you'll be delighted right. with a rare treat if you watch this one as well as the two right. kings. Well, Victor, I'll tell you what I do. I don't know when I'll get around to it, but I promise, well, sooner than later, maybe not in the next couple of weeks here, but maybe maybe in the next month or two here, I'll, I will try and get around to watching at least the first Kingsman and, and go from there. Yes, <laughs> and plus... Let, I won't say I'll like I won't guarantee that I'll like it, but I'll at least give it a shot. <laughs> at least give it a shot, and plus, come on, guys, I mean, you gotta remember, in intense situations, if you don't laugh, I mean, come on, are you really having a lot of fun with dangerous situations, are you? I, no, they're good movies. I don't I, I think they're they're entertaining. Oh, okay, yeah, but just maybe a little little maybe. I think at some points uh, the seriousness uh, could be a little bit more serious. Mm. But I mean, they're so, you know, they're they're you know like uh, the Indiana Jones kind okay, of washbuckling, yeah. whatever yeah. you call it. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I do. I, the Indiana Jones movies have has that perfect where they're yeah. where they're they're just pushing the envelope a little too much. Well, except for Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull was yeah, yeah. yeah that was. No, I'm not down with these monkeys swinging around well, in the it, background. It, it and, was <laughs> the, it, it's basically the Indiana Jones of James Bond. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Then. Yeah. All right. I will. I will give the. I will give the original King's Men a shot here, and we'll report back. I got some homework. <laughs> you will love it. All right. Trust me. Well, we need to move on here. Speaking of doing homework and spies and like detective work, uh, we're going to wrap up our talk here on True Detective season four, Night Country. Since we did our last episode two weeks ago, uh, True Detective wrapped up season four, six episodes. It's streaming on Max, or formerly known as HBO Max, uh, not to be confused with Cinemax. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, oh my god. Completely Another story, but uh, Paul, I know you kind of started watching a little later than I did. I don't think we had a chance to get your thoughts on it at all, other than just a real brief uh, kind of quick take on, on the last episode. But so uh, again, a little refresher: Jodie Foster and Callie uh, Rise they play Detective Liz Danvers and Evangeline Navarro, respectively, and they're in Alaska in the time of the year where it's uh, they call the night country, where it's like was it thirty or sixty days of. 24-7 darkness, yeah. and that's where the, you get into some supernatural elements here, where all these scientists are discovered, uh, frozen to death, uh, with the exception of a couple, and they're trying to piece together the pu- puzzle about what, what's happening here, and just like previous True Detective seasons, uh, you know, it's all about how they get there interviewing all, all these either people of interest or potential suspects, and coming down to the end, and eventually uh, other people interfering with them because they're meddling, and, and so people are interfering with them, so Paul, I'm just going to throw to you, what's the first thing that stands out to you about True Detective Night Country? Uh, the ending was awesome. You're all about uh, that. Did, yep. did you see? Did you yep. watch it all the way through? Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, the, the, their, their ending or the the, the story ending? Yeah. <laughs> the, the way that they uh, wrapped up everything. I mean, you know, because you had all that supernatural mm. in there, and you got, you know you're constantly guessing mm. what's going on, and then the way that they just brought it home at the end Mm -hmm. you weren't i mean i wasn't expecting that at all yeah and i think they nailed it yeah i thought they nailed it as far as like the resolution uh i guess we'll dance a little bit around the spoilers there not give everything away but uh did you say we don't have to go into it but like did you like how they kind of had the the story version of the or they had the kind of like the supernatural version of what happened to the scientists and then the the uh the reality version of what happened to the scientists did you like both of those yeah, I, yep. I, that's what I mean. That's why I thought that they tied it in yep. really well because obviously the story version mm-hmm. is the, I think, the true story. The wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But it's just a story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that was that was a really good way to, to put an end mm-hmm. to this series because there's nothing I hate more than a series that just never true. ends. That's why I don't get into like the, these shows like season upon season yeah that just keep going and going and going and it's like there's no end to it 12 seasons of the walking dead yeah Yeah. i was about to say be be lucky uh in in the television landscape ladies and gentlemen as the phrase goes you can make as many tv shows as you want but all of them are going to get canceled (laughs) i mean (laughs) if you have a a series that eventually you just have to kill off every character because you have to keep the season going and they want to do something else with their lives then 
you probably should have had an end game. Well, yeah. most of them, if not all of them, because the, even talking about just not even just television shows in general, but just any character, uh, for example, like you said, brought Walking Dead, uh, Rick wanted to leave. He wanted to leave. So the only way they could get rid he wanted to leave was if they killed him off. So they send him off on his uh, uh, would be it, his white horse, uh, him dying literally and just be like, yeah, just let him go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, so a true, uh, true detective, they, they, it's really, it's like, Watching a a book, no, yeah, I think that's a great a great a great analogy, yeah, because it, it's it's they're meticulous in their storytelling. Even though it's just six episodes, and they're like a lot of the episodes are an hour long. I think there might be one or two that are like forty five to fifty minutes, and most of them are about an hour long. Mm-hmm. And it's, you could tell they're not rushing their way through it. Uh, just the way they're kind of all right. You got we got interview this person over here, this person over there. Like this person was a complete loose end. That wouldn't happen on your standard standard uh, thirty minute television show where they need to make the most of every minute. But here, hey, we got time to work with. Let's 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 let it breathe. And I love how they just pick away at the suspects or people of interest, putting it all together and false leads, a little red airing here. All right. This, and we learn a little more character background there. And especially in later episodes, you, you get some of the, uh, the police officers at the station uh, have some very powerful moments later on where, you know, I won't go into too much there, but is yeah, that they had my eyes glued where I was just like multiple moments where I was like, did that just happen? I, like I, the I don't know if it's uh would be, more enjoyable for us because we're uh, we can relate mm. to the you know the environment mm. that oh, yeah. they're in. Cold, yep. Yeah, cold, very blizzards, cold. Free- snow, snow, freezing deep freeze. But, but so I don't know. I mean, uh, let us know in the chat what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've grown up in a tropical scenario your mm. entire life and you watch this and see the the snowiness, yeah. Did that engage you more or yeah. would it engage you more because you experience it in real life like yeah. we do here in yeah. North Dakota? Yeah. I mean, that's I, I'd be curious to know. So let, let, yeah. let, let me know that, in the chat. I mean, yes. I, mean, I mean, they did that. Uh, the what the Cohen brothers did that many years ago with Fargo. In yeah. fact, so, I mean, you know, that small town living. Coldness. You know, I, I mean, if I watch a, a movie and, you know, they're scuba diving yeah. and searching submarines and stuff, obviously, like I'm. I, w- I wouldn't even put on a scuba suit if I had to because I'm afraid of the freaking ocean. I wouldn't right. even, you know, but for somebody that lives there, that's mm. like a normal thing. So it's intriguing to yeah. me to watch a movie where they do stuff like that. Mm. So is it even more intriguing for somebody that actually does that in real life? I would so, so think, the, you know? so. So I they, would think they so. Maybe able to pick away at some of the finer elements. Oh, no, yep, that is definitely what living out in the, you know, as our fellow co- colleague here, John Roberts, would say, that's what life in the tundra is all about. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, th- yeah, that's a good question. I, let, let us know in the chat. Yes, yes, yeah. It, it, even if you're watching after the fact, if you're not catching us live, let us know. Uh, yeah, and we'll catch a comments, give you guys some shout-outs on our next show. But, yeah, overall, True Detective Season 4. True Detective is back in my good graces after season two loves again as i said our last episode talking about season one is one of my favorite standalone seasons of television season two is a little bit off the mark didn't hate it but it's a little all over the place for me and, and now it probably motivated me to watch season three which i have not yet to watch but uh I, I oh go ahead I, I think it's just when they go back to the grittiness of it because like even when woody harrelson and uh the great matthew mcconaughey yeah, that then, amazing like, season one yeah when they when they talk about the grittiness of of true detective like that's what made it so yeah. cool it's yeah. a, Paul, safe to say, high, high recommendation for True Detective Season 4. Yeah, I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to invest time, though. Yeah. It's, you know. Just six episodes, but it's about six hours. <laughs> yeah, you know. If you want to watch one a week, 
go for it. Heck yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back in just a little bit here. We got some words from our last sponsor, from our friends at Churchill Shoes. Oh, Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SaaS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. Well, that sound means it's time to get your popcorn ready because it's time for Victor's Action Figure Showcase. Hey, hey, guys. Uh, so, of course, I'm glad you're excited because here's the thing. I'm going to give you a little bit of a uh, little bit of this, for example. So um, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of, you know, uh, no action figure showcase. It's a surprise. I know there's no action figures today. There is, but here's the thing, guys, I'm going to give you a little bit of, you know, I'm going to let you wait a little bit. You know, I'm going to fill you full of suspense, like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. I want to just kind of pull back a little bit on it because I have something really, really special to show you. And I want to keep it in suspense. Two weeks. Be prepared for an epic uh, action figure showcase. It it may be longer than that, guys. I might be holding out on you a little bit longer. So just like, give me, give me some time. And, but believe me, it's going to be worth the wait. Good things to wait. All right. Well, you got, you got me intrigued, man. You got me intrigued. All right. So two weeks uh, update on Victor's, what, what Victor has in store for us here. So we will keep, Plugging away here, keep moving this train along. Uh, it's time for our noteworthy theatrical streaming new releases here. If you, get, if you guys uh, got anything about these that caught your eye, uh, jump on in. So notable new streaming movies and shows. I just got three of them uh, on. This is uh, Apple TV uh, for you Apple users. Uh, I'm a big sports nut, so I just had to put this in here. The Dynasty, New England Patriots. It's a streaming docuseries about the players, coaches, and media. Uh, interviews, all new interviews with them, too, on the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady's five Super Bowl win era. So uh, a lot of candid interviews. I just saw the trailer. I saw the interview Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Randy Moss, uh, officials and, and opponents of them. Hey, ahead, I'm, yeah, a sports, I'm a sports nut. I'm giving this first I shout knew, out. I, I, knew, I knew Paul's going to do that. <laughs> Paul, I'm booing your snore. I was like, are we done? Oh, are, are we done yet? Are we done yet? No, <laughs> no. Sports, yo, I'm all about it. Check it out. Dynasty, New England mm-hmm. Patriots on Apple TV. Next up, Avatar of the Last Airbender. Yes. We already covered that. So that's streaming on Netflix, as reviewed earlier. Uh, this other one, I'm not sure on, but I thought I'd give it a shout-out. It kind of caught my eye. The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy, streaming on Amazon Prime Video. An animated series about two doctors who work in a space hospital who take on a deadly and dangerous case that might destroy the universe if they're not careful. I saw the trailer for this. It kind of gave me a little bit the animation style and the comedy vibes. gave me oh. some kind of hints of Futurama. So hmm. if you dug Futurama, this one may be up your alley. Hmm. Uh, noble new theatrical movies. We have Drive Away Dolls. Uh, you know, we're talking about the Coen Brothers earlier so this is one of them ethan cohen he directed this it's a comedy caper film about an uninhibited free spirit getting over a breakup and goes on a road trip with her demure friend but things go all kinds of wrong 
when crossing paths with inept criminals. Next up, we have Ordinary Angels, a new John Gunn film starring Hilary Swank, inspired by the true story of a hairdresser who single-handedly rallies an entire community to help a widowed father save the life of his crit- critically ill young daughter. And finally, I think it's safe to say this will be the pick of the week. Opening, I guess, later today in a few hours here, we'll be having its very first showing, at least here in, in town. Uh, Dune Part 2, where Paul Atreides... A- a tr- Atreides, right? Is that, Atreides. Yeah, Atreides. 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 Whoops. Unites with Ch- Chani and the Freeman while on a warpath of revenge against the conspirators. Fremen. Fremen, that's right. Shoot. I ju- and I just, <laughs> I just watched this two I days ago. I just watched it last night. Fremen. <laughs> while on a warpath of, re- of a very unique one. revenge against the conspirators who destroyed his family. So. I am jacked for yes. this i love dune dune is cool dune is awesome i finally I watched dune. it uh i finally i'll, I'll you know i'll save it for quick takes here but uh yeah dune part two out uh tonight uh, so for there you go hopefully it will wrap up uh some gfbs plugs before we wrap things up with quick takes for more coverage on some other gfbs shows check out dirty thursday from earlier today with nascar arca driver amber balkan talking about moving up from the racing of the local dirt tracks here in the River Valley to racing on the iconic Daytona Speedway for NASCAR ARCA series and so much more about her NASCAR ARCA days currently. Uh, tomorrow on Icky Ichabod's Weird Cinema, Icky and the Wizard of Weird revisit the first Warner Brothers R-rated animated film, the polarizing oh, the Batman kill, the, the Killing, killing Joke. joke. Okay. Check that out tomorrow night on GFBS. And on yesterday's Forks, or excuse me, check, tune in later tonight for Fork Sports Highway where Monty, Bill, Raven, Supersonic, Steve, Recap UND Hockey's rebounding with a weekend sweep over Minnesota Duluth. The latest LeBron rants, local state hockey tournament coverage, and so much more from the sports world. Those are just a few of over a dozen shows we do every week. You can find by searching GFBS on your favorite podcast or social media apps. All right, quick takes. Uh, What you guys watched, other plans ahead, uh, stuff we didn't talk about yet. Paul, I'm going to throw it to you. All right. Well, first off, I'm super jacked for Dune 2. You know, this is another one of those, you know, faction movies. You know, you got the, is that factions? Is that what they're called? Oh, you got House of Atreides. You got, you know, the different factions. Yeah. So you got the emperor, you know, so um, kind of like Avatar. Mm. Anyway, uh, so, but I just think that the way that they do Dune is freaking awesome the planes look like bugs and anyway um we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk more about dune later yeah uh a couple other things maybe you might know this victor because mm. i've been curious about this mm. invincible season two yes just ended on episode four yes and it's just done yes. it's like yeah. where did it go yeah it, it it kind of threw me off for a loop as well. Uh, they they did say they were going to come back for another one, but uh, for now... What, they, what the hell happened? I mean, did they just not finish it? And then you're just like... They they haven't said anything. And in fact, I I was going to talk to you about that too. I was like, they didn't say what, anything. What's, is that on Prime or... Yes, yeah. it is on Prime. Uh, and they're... So, like yeah, they guys, released they, episode two, and then it, uh, ep, uh, or, uh, season two, and then on episode four, yeah, and it's it, crickets, yeah, just, and <laughs> yeah, it didn't say any, didn't, no, just nothing. And and they they kind of did that, I, I believe, on purpose, just because they were really kind of like waiting for something bigger and more better. But they have not said anything. I looked 
all throughout the just the, the informations and everything, even about like Robert Kurtman and all of them, but they have not said one single Staying word. Staying silent. Oh yeah, so they're they're really quiet. Yeah, so curious about that. Okay, I got two other things really quickly. So I watched Aquaman two again. Yeah. Uh, what was the last night or the night before? Mm. Because it's now on streaming. Yes, and it's awful. I don't like it. Oh, that like is it so bad. You really? don't like it at all? Wow. I, I, I was a you, fan. If you see it now, because like, you know, I have a 70-inch high-definition TV. Oh, of course. Half of the stuff, in, like the, the main character, like mm. the bad guys, mm. they're in the cheesiest costumes mm. that you can think of. I mean, it looked like a B-rated, mm. just like mm. undercut budget movie. So the, mm. the costume design was not up to snuff. Yeah, they, they tried to mix in CG yeah. with these guys running around in costumes. Yeah. And the costume, I mean, it looked like a like Michael Jackson's Thriller. Uh, it was, uh, well, hold on now. Michael, Michael Jackson's Thriller was all made. That was made like up, monumental that was, for that, the time. That was made with great practical effects. This is, and this is, I'm glad you brought this up. Guys, this is the reason why they failed. Do you know how much money... They spent on Mr. Henry Cavill when they could have just shaved his mustache off, brought him back two days later and said, you can regrow it. And then you can go with Tom Cruise and them on Ghost Pro or whatever movie you're working on. No, my my point is that in Aquaman 2, if you watch, you will see that they have a mixture of CG and practical practical effects. And the practical effects are people that literally look like they had somebody from the 1980s put them in... Just Makeup and suits, and it was just very dated. It was awful, and the the one liners and everything were just dumb. I mean, after watching it again, I was just like, ah, "This is even worse than the first time." But moving on, yeah. no, fair enough. This is, fair enough. It's yeah. Um, something I saw yesterday that I had no idea about, and maybe it's not. Factual, I you know it was on Facebook, mm. but it, supposedly it was the there was a lady who wrote the script for Terminator, mm. and she also was the one that wrote the script for The Matrix. So same person wrote Terminator that wrote The Matrix, and I from what she said in this clip that I saw is that The Matrix is a sequel. To the Terminator. No. And this is what's so crazy about it. It's because, you know, after uh, humans created AI, AI took over humanity. Okay. And then we're talking thousands of years in the future. Is that just her theory she presented or did she say? No, she's like like the writer. She's like the person that wrote the book. Okay. And And so she says that. The Terminators now have taken over humanity because humanity created AI. AI took over humanity. You know, the Terminators, Skynet, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was trying to send, uh, uh, what's his name, back in time and create John Connor and all this stuff. And then you go thousands of years in the future. Mm. Now that AI has taken over humanity and now in the Matrix, you know, we're basically batteries and AI has created the Matrix. Mm. And then Neo, who is actually an offspring from Sarah Connor, way, 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 way in the future. And he is now basically uh, the, the one, the Christ incarnate, because humanity created AI. Now, 
that AI is like, uh, or, you know, the robots have been running people for so long that he is the rebirth of Christ because humanity is actually the creator of AI and now it's taking them back over. So it's like a reversal. So I, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, yeah, this this is, sounds like those late, late, late yeah, night conversations yeah, at the yeah, end of a round yeah, of yeah, drinking. Yeah, I mean, like, but, first I of all, all, but no, I thought about it and I was like, close this, to what that I, is. But I thought about it and I was like, this makes total sense. And it is so cool if you think about it because now you have I'm trying to call humanity. Wachowskis ever say anything about this? They, yeah, and also the, the, I don't think the, they the, may the, have. I don't know. And I was about to say the first Terminator, ladies and gentlemen, was written by James Cameron, and the second one was no, it was directed by, by him. Well, it was also written. The story came from him. He wrote the story. He may not I don't have written think the I, script, but he wrote the story. No, apparently, this lady wrote the story, and she also wrote the story for the Matrix. That and that's impossible because this Cowboys. lady couldn't have been alive before James Cameron came up with the idea for Terminator. I have no idea. So I honestly have no idea. I, I'm going to tell you. And, We're and, gonna and have to research this. Go ahead, but I'm going to tell you guys. I'm going to tell Don't you work. because I love these movies. First of all, Skynet before the Matrix even came out in the early '90s, at the or literally but, the late but, '90s. Okay, but yeah. but really quickly. So think about this though. So humanity creates AI. Okay. AI takes over the world. Now, the world is run by robots and artificial intelligence, but their creator was man. Now, thousands of years later, they're using man as a robot, but now man all of a sudden comes back that was their creator and takes them over just like AI did to man. Yeah. That, that is a very cool, uh, what was it, a paradox? Like a yin and a yang? Yes. Well, no, I've seen that yeah, in various Terminator yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but the thing was is that, the and James Cameron already explained this, where Skynet, when Skynet was created, uh, and they knew this from the first and second one, when Dyson, who was in the second movie, he had kept... From when Sarah Connor killed the first Terminator, he had kept the arm that was dealt in the press that destroyed the first one. He kept the first that and chip in there. And when they went back to go get it, they, of course, needed to destroy the trip to kill all of Skynet. Well, when Skynet was not destroyed and they took over in that future in the third one, that already proved that, well, technology was going to take over whether you wanted to or not. I think we could do an entire show on, like, uh, and do a flow chart of all the Terminator movies with all these theories and, and, and just just go wild on no, it. Yes, please, because, I mean, I I don't know who who this lady was yeah. that talked about this, but I'm sorry. I'll have to do, do some research and maybe save, uh, just kind of bookmark this for another show. Because I was like, for, how is but that? Holy moly. I was Paul, like, how is that? Jumping both? into the deep cut material yeah, here. I mean, like, hold oh, on man. now. No, good stuff, I yeah holy moly very it's a very great like it's a very amazing theory don't get me wrong it is but it's just like oh well wait a minute here uh because i i thought because both movies here are way it's all a conspiracy (laughs) i guess so yeah well they're coming true a lot lately oh man oh gosh all right any other quick takes paul um no i'm just still getting into Working with AI myself. No, so. yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting ahead of the game. I'm, you know, it's like uh, the Yobot yeah. tearing it up. Yeah, with yeah. <laughs> a comedian that talks about uh, giving the the crazy kid in school candy all the time. And oh yeah, just, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm going to be that guy for AI. 
Thanks for the candy. Thanks for the candy. Oh, man. <laughs> Thanks for the candy. Yo, bot. Be on the lookout. <laughs> Coming for your brain. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll bounce off your quick takes here for, uh, you know, I saw Dune Part 1. You said you were hyped for t- Part 2. I saw it Part 1 for the first time because I remember hearing the buzz about it. It kind of, they said, oh, it's really a two-part movie. They're going to complete the story in a few years when the second part comes out. And for, my, for myself, I was just like, okay, I'll just wait for a few years to see Dune Part 1 right before Dune Part 2. And so I finally saw that, and yeah, I think, yeah, within uh, 20, 30 minutes, uh, I thought, yeah, they, I was like, oh, is this going to be like a deep world-building movie uh, with so much lore to sink my brain into that's going to be hard to follow? But no, I thought uh, uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like how uh, Zack Snyder with Rebel Moon, uh, but a, a little bit more easier to follow, a little bit more easier to grasp. But yeah, I still really enjoyed Rebel Moon, but I was able to grasp and wrap my mind around Dune here. I, again, I haven't seen any of the previous, I didn't see the the, uh, the movie from the 80s uh, but or, or, or read the book, but uh, I, I was able to wrap my mind around it. I thought they presented like what could have been a daunting and daring just... Uh, uh, just world building and, and lore and canon, just that could have been just so, overwhelming. But I, I was able to sink my teeth into it. You know, and um, I'm actually glad you didn't watch the one from the '80s. It's a great movie. I would tell anybody to watch it. But with the re- David fin- but with the release Mark, of Riverdance. this one, excuse me, I don't want it to ruin the ending for you. Okay, yeah. you know, because uh, if you watch yeah. the original, you're going to watch the entire story but, from beginning to end, but, yes. and that's why and, I intentionally avoided it. Uh, yeah, so I mean, watch it after the fact. So I'm curious. Still watch to see, it, but yeah, don't. I'm don't still, yeah, I'm curious to see how this one goes because I think that there's going to be a number three still. Okay, yeah. So uh, I think this is going to be a trilogy. Okay, and after, I, and I want to see where they take it mm, because yeah. I think that they are trying to stay more to the actual book and the storyline in this one than they did in the '80s one. Um, but if you watch the '80s one, it would be like watching, you know, the you know what's those books for dummies? Oh, you, yeah, the for for dummies books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, you know, if Cliff you, Notes if, version, yeah, yeah. yeah like if you watch the Cliff Notes version before, and if this one pans out to be like super awesome, well, it would suck if it would ruin it mm-hmm. because you go, you know how it's going to end. Yeah, but no, yeah, I, this was I I. I really liked how they set up the world. Uh, I'm not going to jump into a big review or anything or anything, but like really dug the, the the action, the storytelling. I thought it was just again we're talking about True Detective uh, pacing and all that, and and even with and, and with, with Argyle also getting the pa- pacing a balance rate. All right, good amount, of, really a lot of good narrative, a lot of good good action uh, kind of paced in while they're building up to the big action scenes. You knew it was coming, and they delivered. And yeah, I, it completely won me over. And I was I really liked how all the major characters were developed too throughout it. And I'm like, holy crap, Jason Momoa! I don't think I've ever seen clean cut in a movie before yeah no i was thinking <laughs> yeah, about that too yeah. yeah but the one thing that um because like i said i just watched it recently because i wanted to re- get a refresh on it before i watched uh, the sequel you do not get the same effect watching it on tv as you do in the theater no. when you have these sand yeah. with the, I, with the sandworms that, that's why you have the so sandworm cool. in it. I, I definitely that's a good point so to bring up because yeah there's a def- there are definitely several points where you have that larger than life kind of like theatrical screen Worthy action where it's like okay, parts of me wish I would have caught this in the theater. Yeah, but at least it, I'm, I'm, it was, uh, it's worth it. Though. It was so but, cool. But yeah, that's my quick take on Dune Part One. Uh, otherwise, still plucking away at Welcome to Rexham on Hulu Season Two. Uh, several episodes into Season Two, uh, I'll say final thoughts for that when I wrap up on it. And then as far as weekend plans, uh, UND hockey last regular season home games this weekend. Going to catch Friday game there and playing Western Michigan. Looking forward to some old hockey and. Uh, Polar Plunge this Saturday. So, yeah, I'm going to be taking the plunge, doing some fundraising for North Dakota Special Olympics. Going to get jump into a tub of frozen ice water snow. So, boom. I think maybe after your Polar Plunge, we should all go watch Dune. 
Oh, that'd be cool. It's a good idea, but unfortunately, I have I have uh, other commitments after that. Well, you're gonna, just gonna have to cancel them. <laughs> no, just like cancel. Them. Get rid of, just get rid of them. Yeah, <laughs> shoot. Yeah, I got I got to find some time to see it this weekend. Oh no, my Sunday goodness, Sunday would probably be yeah. better anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, I think it's yeah, cheaper on Sunday. That, that may actually work out. Actually, yeah, we'll figure yeah, it out. True. We'll it figure it out. <laughs> it's cheaper on Sunday. Yeah, Victor, quick takes. Um, so speaking of Avatar, because my gosh, uh, the 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 woman who uh, played in M Night Shyamalan's version, Miss Nicole. Uh, Pretz, um, she got pretty hammered uh, for for being in that movie for many years ago, even though she was a kid. Uh, and so many years, uh, she had disappeared from the public eye after the movie. And even though she had been in many movies and shows before that, uh, and she had come back with her new uh, movie Lola, which she directed and uh, written. So I was really excited to hear that she had come back in a big way for that mm-hmm. her independent movie. Big um, bounce back, yeah, very much so. Um, I'm also excited, of course, for not just like you guys. I'm excited for Dune as well. I'm so happy that uh, Denis Villeneuve, uh, who is a great filmmaker uh, in his own right, uh, got the cast, all the cast back from the original one, uh, and he didn't skip a beat with that. So I'm really excited with, like I said, I'm with you guys. I cannot wait to see this because I saw the first Dune that he directed and written uh, with all the original cast, like I said, in theaters the first time. And my gosh, man, like you, you. You will not, you will not get the same effect as you do on a, on a TV. I love you, TV, but man, the theater was where it was at. The sounds, the the, the effects, and everything was just yeah. You don't oh get the depth of the, of the desert. Oh yeah, like it was just, it was like you were there with them, and they had to endure some a lot. If you look behind the scenes, like they had to endure a lot, but you can tell the cast really bonded when they did this movie because man, it was it was just so cool to see them all bond and they all loved one another and. They Look, said, looking forward was, to seeing more Batista. Oh yeah, he's only but, just in hints of it in the first. I one. know, and I really want him to get like. And like I said, Batista is in there, and he was, and it looks so cool. Like it, it's so weird to see him without you know whole, him without him being Drax or anything. Yeah, so I mean, in the Fremen setup here. Yeah, and he wants to, and I love that he's just he's such a diverse actor, man. I love that he, he has does some that. range. Yeah, he does some and, legit range. Yeah, and I, I love Jason Momoa because he's so cool, and you get to see him clean cut in this movie, like yeah. they said. So it's really cool to see that i'm also excited for um like i said i'm really excited and i cannot wait uh just to see uh the one of my like the one of my boys the cohen brothers uh only one cohen brother of course is doing this uh ethan cohen who is just as great as his brother joel um and he has written of uh, this wonderful story about uh drive away dolls and i cannot wait to see that i i love the cohen, love the cohen brother. brothers same i love the cohen brothers their their comedy and darkness yeah. in their movies oh my gosh especially uh no country for old yeah. man, man. Just yeah. like there was no music, there was no anything. Call it was it. just it was just oh my gosh, yeah. it was just uh. like and, and Harvey R. Bardem, like the one of my favorite scenes in that movie yeah. because it's so intense was where he takes he goes into this drugstore or in this complaining story basically, and this guy's owned it for so long, and he asks you know what time do you go to bed at night, you know, and he just like he just oh. gives this really dark response. He's like you know he's like I'll just come back later. He's like why would you come back? We'd be close. You know, and it's such a very intense because you think this guy's mm-hmm. gonna kill him, and, and it's just like so scary. Oh, and you'll I, never think of soda cans the same again. No, and even you'll never eat peanuts the same again. That's that's for sure. Because my oh. gosh, man, it was so. And but I love, and I can't wait to see you know their comedy, his comedy, and shine through in this movie, Driveway Dolls. I'm really excited for it, and 
like I said, that's pretty much it. That's I'm, all you got? Yeah, I'm really excited right. for it. So, like I said, I'm ready. Gosh. All right. Hey, guys. Heck of a show today. We, yes. I think we covered the spectrum today. Yes, <laughs> very much so. All right. Well, uh, unless you guys got any last thoughts here, we will wrap things up here. want to give a shout-out again to today's sponsors at uh, River Cinema and the Shire Bar and Grill, Oh for Heaven's Cakes and more, and Churchill Shoes. Uh, make sure to join us again in two weeks at 1 p.m. here on Grand Forks Best Source, everywhere you find podcasts and on our social media channels here. For, for If you can't join us live, we want to hear your live chat and comments. You can always comment after the fact, and we'll give you guys some shout-outs on your thoughts. A lot of topics we wanted to get your comments on. Uh, comment on Facebook or YouTube, and we'll read your comments on the next episode. And with that, make sure to like, share, follow all our shows by hitting up GFBS everywhere you find podcasts. Many thanks again for having us part of your day. Many thanks to Victor. Thank you, guys. And again, I'm really sorry that I was oh, late. Good. Like I said, work, work has been such a bitch. But that doesn't mean we're not going to give you the passion and love that goes into this show. Remember, just because it may be a little crazy out there doesn't mean we're not going to come back in two weeks and give you all the rigmarole about movies, comic books, and whatever else pop culture is going on in the stratosphere. So don't miss out. It's going to be nuts. I love it. Many thanks to Plasma Sword Yielding Paul. He's coming in. (laughs) And many thanks to all of you for tuning in and having us part of your day. We'll see you in two weeks where we will be nerding out like no other over Dune Part 2. Until then, have a great rest of your week. Goodbye. See ya.